It's a snow day, motherfuckers. It's a fucking snow day. Oh. Damn. Yeah, so we're stuck inside all day. We might as well record as much podcast as we can, right? Yeah. All right. Last night's rabbit hole. If earlier this week it was cruise ships, last night's rabbit hole. Let me just say, before we start this section off, do you believe in reincarnation? No. <laughs> no, not at all. You know I, I mean? believe in reinvention. <laughs> I believe in... Uh, I believe in a lot of re things, but incarnation <laughs> isn't one of them. Revolution. Re- I believe in revolution. <laughs> Reinvention. Well, here is a case that there's a lot. There's a lot of buy things I am, but lingual's <laughs> not one of them. Well, here's a case that um, might make you th- say, maybe it is real. Yeah, okay, maybe it's real. Have you ever heard of, and I'm sure people in the audience have already heard of this, but have you ever heard of a woman named Dorothy Edie? Dorothy Edie. Also known as Om Seti? Oh, well, yeah. I mean, now I'm saying it, yeah. <laughs> oh, fuck. All right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, or a Christian Good name. one. Yeah, you know. yeah. Yeah, yeah, there you go. She, um, Dorothy Edie was born in Ireland. Uh or wait, no, not Ireland. Well, she's born to an Irish lower middle class family, but in Blackheath, London, England. So she was British. But she was lower middle class Irish. Um at the age of three, she fell down some stairs, bumped her head, got kind of fucked up, started reporting all manner of crazy things. Uh she uh, at this time also developed the foreign accent syndrome. That's how it's worded. I've the- heard about that. Like a kid gets hit in the head in the soccer ball, and all of a sudden he speaks yeah. perfect accentless <laughs> French. <laughs> yeah, uh, well, and it's also kind of like I won't name her name, but do you remember we had a mutual friend one time who every time she would get drunk would speak in a Scottish accent? <laughs> I do. <laughs> it's kind of like that. It's kind of like that. Uh, <laughs> uh, so this caused some conflict. Wait, hold on a second. Hold on a second. Was it like was it one of those things like it was perfect accentless mm. foreign language, or was it just like our buddy who <laughs> was just kind of <laughs> bizarre? <laughs> I think it was. Ex- I think it was like flawless. Yeah, like, would it <laughs> would it trigger you if I went into? Scottish accent right now. <laughs> what are you talking about, Tom? Oh, stop it. God. <laughs> I forgot I was even more tormented by than you. Than I was, yes. Read the read the Wikipedia article. Bad accents, man. Nothing nothing is more cringe worthy than doing a bad accent, which is yeah. I know this and for some reason I persist in doing Trump every every <laughs> week on this show. You do a much better Trump than I do. <laughs> I can't do a very good Trump. I can do a good Nanette though. So that's yeah, all. you do do, you do, do yeah. I hate racism. <laughs> <laughs> that's a pretty good one, right? Yeah. Dorothy Edie was, uh, you know, like I said, fell down a flight of stairs at the age of three, started exhibiting strange behaviors. 
Um, her Sunday school teacher requested that her parents keep her away from class <laughs> because she had compared Christianity with heathen ancient Egyptian religion. She was expelled from a dual which had like I love the names in English a dual witch school, a girl school. They all just sound so regal. Yeah, dual witch, which is not a good thing. Right. After she refused to sing a hymn that called on God to curse the swart Egyptians. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I like this, like swarthy like uh, yes dark yes. skin. Yeah, yeah. Like this is why. Look, I think Dorothy Eady is probably a pretty controversial figure. If I had to guess, she's probably a very controversial person. But a traumatic in, head injury in, led her to uh, anti-racist, <laughs> anti-colonialist consciousness. She. It's a net positive. She, yes, throughout her twenties, she was advocating for Egyptian independence. Uh, she, I think, and again, I think that she's probably a very controversial person. Wait, but, hold on a second. One second. Why the fixation on Egyptian? I'm going to get into that. Okay. I'm going to get into that. It's a very complicated thing, and I think she's a pretty controversial person. I don't get the impression that she is a bad person. I get the impression that Dorothy Eady loved life and that she was, in all, a good human being is okay. the impression I get. So, you know, I'm just going to preface it to that. I know that this is, again, probably a very controversial thing. She was expelled from school after she, you know, refused to sing hold the hymn. Hold on a second. Hold on a second. Hold on, a second. Hold, on, hold, on, hold on. Before you go any further, <laughs> is this going to get into like Rachel Dolezal territory? <laughs> is she going like, to come to school dressed like Nefertiti and? Bro, it gets even crazier than that. Okay. It gets even crazier. Yeah, I, I'm buckling up. <laughs> I'm so glad that you brought up uh, Rachel Dolezal because this has got a lot of tones of that okay there's some undertones of rachel Dole's out here stick a pin in that we'll come back we'll circle back to okay. It, okay her regular visits to catholic mass which she liked because it reminded her of quote the old religion were terminated after an interrogation and visit to her parents by a priest after being taken <laughs> just <laughs> can you just can you just imagine like uh, never mind, go on. No, no, tell me. Could you imagine? So have you just all of a sudden have this daughter that had this thing <laughs> happen to her, then like, she's just like a total like Egyptian fetishist, like you're going in a room and yes. she's like got a sarcophagus, she's sleeping in a <laughs> sarcophagus. It gets even crazier, man. It gets even crazier. So, after being taken by her parents to visit the British Museum, and on observing a photograph in the New Kingdom Temple exhibits room, the young Edie called out, This is my home, but where are the trees? Where are the gardens? The temple was that of Seti I, the father of Ramses the Great. She ran among the halls of the Egyptian rooms, amongst her peoples, kissing the statue's feet. Keep in mind, she's a little girl at this time. She's a little kid. After this trip, she took every opportunity to visit the British Museum rooms. There, she eventually met E.A. Wallace, e. Wallace Budge. <laughs> Hello, I'm... Sp- <laughs> Officiate to Budge. I'm the curator Budge here. Who was taken by her youthful enthusiasm and encouraged her in the study of hieroglyphs. So, Budgie boy. Budgie boy. Like, well, this is a pivotal this is moment. This is a in girl life. claiming to be Seti the first. <laughs> now, she was not claiming to be Seti the first. This is what she claimed. If I can get to that part. 
Um, so, you know, I'll just, you know, skip ahead a little bit. She eventually, she was working for a Egyptian, uh, she collected Egyptian antiquities. She started working for Egyptian public relations magazine where she met a guy. (laughs) And Brandon Frazier. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Dwayne The Rock Rock Johnson, Johnson. (laughs) a.k.a. The Scorpion King. Right, right. Uh, let's see. Okay, so when she was working at the public relations magazine, she met her future husband, Iman Abdel Maghlib, uh, an Egyptian student with whom she continued to correspond when he returned home to Egypt. In 1931, Wait she, a second. What was she telling him, you think? Uh, I'm, I'm Egyptian, too. <laughs> she, that's a good, that's a good question. <laughs> she probably was. She probably was. Well, he was from an upper-middle-class family. He was from a more well-to-do family in Egypt, and she was from a lower-middle-class family in England. So there are some class differences here, and uh, that's going to come back into play here shortly. I'll quit interrupting you. No, please keep interrupting. This is uh, good content, baby. Okay. (laughs) Um, She moved to Egypt after him, and and, uh, he asked her to marry him. on arriving in Egypt, she kissed the ground and announced she had come home to stay. The couple stayed in Cairo, and her husband's family gave her the nickname Bulbul, which means nightingale. Their son was named Seti, and this is where she derives the name Om Seti, because uh, that means mother of Seti. And in the village, that was a tradition being named after the eldest child. Okay. Uh, after a chance meeting with George Reisner's secretary, George Reisner was a archaeologist? Yes. There's a lot of issues. This is a very fascinating story because there's a lot of issues of like imperialism, uh, orientalism, um, and you know George Reisner was a white American Egyptologist. This guy who robbed graves, essentially robbed Egyptian right. graves. Um, Did any uh, you know? I always heard in school. I have no idea if this is true or not. But like all the old, uh, you know. Uh, Kings and whatnot of Egypt, like booby trap. There, I think they did. Second time I've said booby traps <laughs> on a show. I've used the word booby trap more on this episode than I have in the last twenty years. Like booby trap their tombs. Yeah, yeah. Or like you know, you like, walk in, you get a poisonous dart in your neck. <laughs> yeah, or you like fall into a hole and just. I, I'm die not sure. There, or like a spear, like <laughs> goes through your head or some shit. Anyway, I was just wondering. Or if a any skeleton of, swings down. If any of these guys had like met their. That would be, be, a, I, I wonder, be a bitching way to die. I wonder if it would be. You're right. I wonder <laughs> the guy that lived several thousand years ago murked you. <laughs> <laughs> that would be pretty sweet. That would yeah. be pretty badass. On both ends. Yeah. On the murderer from several thousand years ago and the archaeologist. Yeah. That's but it makes me wonder if that's more of a construct we've derived from films like Britain Fravers' yeah, Mummy. The Scorpion King and so <laughs> forth, yeah. More than likely, that's, that's yeah. Right, right. The West has a very fascinating, has a weird fascination with ancient Egypt. Isn't yeah. it? Isn't that interesting? Like, Isn't it? It's interesting, too, that, like, it's probably the one, and maybe it just speaks to Orientalism, is maybe it's just, like, one of the the cultures we know the most. Yeah. Uh, like, just regular-ass fucking American school kids know the most about it. Yeah. But, like... Not the real shit, just like the <laughs> contours, you know. <laughs> we know there's the Nile and... Right, right. Some people think uh, Moses was... <laughs> right. Anyway. And he split the... Or did he split the Red Part Sea? Part of the Red Sea, yeah. Oh, okay. Which is 
different. Yeah. What what is the Red Sea? I mean, so wasn't Moses adopted by the Pharaoh and yeah. his wife? Yeah. Kind of fucked up to like betray your people like that. <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> um, was that a hard decision? You think when he was getting ready to part the Red Sea? I think it probably was. He was like, "Damn, these people raised me." But <laughs> these are my blood people. These are my people. I'm so conflicted. <laughs> Well, I think not only that, didn't he, like, let the waters back down and yeah, drown them drowned all? Yeah, drowned the Fuck, man. Some fucked up shit. You know what you should have did was be like, I will, you give me what I want or I'm going to make these waters consume. You know, bargain <laughs> a little bit. You got the power to part the sea. You got, you know, yeah, you got yeah. bargaining shit. I'm with you on that. Anyway. Um, <laughs> he also made manna rain from heaven, which uh, I'd love to be able to have that ability. Just manna, fucking just nice sourdough bread, just coming from the heavens, <laughs> covered in honey and shit. All right, uh, let's see. He, um, he, she had a chance meeting with George Reisner's secretary, who commented on her apparent ability. Char- so she's a great snake charmer. She had cobras and shit. You know, she was a great snake charmer. Is that an Egyptian thing? I guess so. I don't know. And her spells, she had spells on such powers that were. In early so she ancient. dove into this. Oh yeah, dude. Oh she. The thing. This is the. This is the thing about. She just dove into the most caricaturish like depictions of well, Egyptian people and like. The thing about <laughs> lived like that. This is complicated because the thing about her is that she actually was brilliant. She was very very good at reading hieroglyphs hieroglyphics and a lot of what we now know about ancient Egypt's kind of comes from her because mom she, said it yes because she was so good at um drawing you know being able to sort of visually uh sort of situate parts of ancient egypt and and she was so good at hieroglyphs hieroglyphics and reading it she on more than one occasion like identified the location of tombs that people had no idea it existed and in fact people were adamant did not exist let me ask you a question <clears throat> <laughs> you think she had a deal with one of the <laughs> lords of the, you know, ancient the ne- Egypt, the nether, the nether world? Well, what do you call? What, she has an it? explanation for this. Okay, she has an explanation for where all this came from, for, from how she. Wow. Yeah. So just, just buckle up, baby. Um, I hope you don't have anywhere to be. <laughs> Keep going. <laughs> all right. Um, she visited the fifth dynasty pyramid of Unas. Uh, Klaus Baer recalled her piety when she accompanied him on a visit to Saqqara in the early 1950s, when she brought an offering and took off her shoes before entering the pyramid. She continued to report apparitions and out-of-body experiences during this time, which caused friction with the upper-middle-class family she had married into. As I said earlier, some class issues here. This is the story. This is a story of how she got all this. She ability. got all this right. Hoorah's story of her life. During her early period, she reported nighttime visitations by an apparition of Hoorah. He slowly dictated to her, over a 12-month period, the story of her previous life. The story took up around 70 pages of cursive hieroglyphic text. It described the life of a young woman in ancient Egypt called Bindrashite, who had reincarnated, reincarnated in the person of Dorothy Edie. 
Bintrashite, which means harp of joy, is described in this text as being a, of humble origin, her mother a vegetable seller, and her father a soldier during the reign of C.D. I, which is in 1290 B.C. to 1279 B.C. When she was three, her mother died, and she was placed in the temple of Qom el-Sultan because her father couldn't afford her. There she was brought up to be a priestess. So kind of like Moses, she kind of had a similar, you know, background experience as Moses. Man, I, t- I got I to gotta say, if rich people are <laughs> deeply diseased... <laughs> I couldn't imagine a worse fate than like in the in those days you just got adopted by the rich guy. <laughs> yeah, it's like yeah. a daddy warbucks thing. It's for the compli- world. <laughs> yeah. It is complicated. It is, and it ruined Bendrishite's life, which might explain why she came back in the form of Dorothy Eady. Um, there she was brought up to be a priestess. When she was twelve years old, the high priest asked her if she wished to go out into the world or stay and become a consecrated virgin. In the absence of full understanding, <laughs> <laughs> you want to go out and fuck? Hey, me? you know, hey, every, everybody gets to that crossroads, you know. <laughs> right. In the absence of full understanding and without a practical alternative, she took the vows. During the next two years, she learned her role in the annual drama of Osiris's Passion and Resurrection, a role that only virgin priestesses consecrated to Isis could perform. Remember. Isis oh, is. the god, yeah. Egyptian god. <laughs> okay. Yeah. That Isis that also. Isis. <laughs> As a side note, isn't it interesting how the word Isis sort of appears and reappears and reappears sort of periodically in yeah. human civilization? Uh, Jay-Z has a song called Meet the Parents uh-huh. where the um, the sort of, uh, I don't know if you call her a heroine necessarily, but sort of the... the character the female character in the story on the song is named Isis. Isis and it's funny to go back and listen to it through the lens <laughs> of that there's a Bob Dylan song called Isis yeah 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 and it's also about a woman named Isis yeah um anyways okay this is the part I thought was kind of funny and I thought that you might enjoy um one day Seti the first visited and spoke to her remember we're still talking about Bindrashite you know who eventually becomes reincarnated in Dorothy Eady. We're talking somewhere around 1250 B.C., probably. Bendrashite, also very fun to say. Bendrashite, great, great, I agree. The last four letters are S-H-Y-T, so it could be Bendrashit, but that kind of feels... Cheap. Yeah, that kind of feels like I'm making fun of her or, or being disrespectful, which I'm not. I don't want that smoke. You're just telling us... <laughs> yeah, you know... <laughs> Let me tell you something. You do not want smoke with a uh, 13th century consecrated version in the uh, yes. court of Horus. That, is... <laughs> exactly. that ain't nothing you need to be a That's part of. That's nothing you want. One day, Seti the first visited and spoke to her. Bindrashite. They became lovers, eating, quote, the uncooked goose. An ancient Egyptian... Uh, okay. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Which is great. It says right here, this is an ancient Egyptian term that has been compared to eating their forbidden fruit. Which is hilarious, man. Like It's like, it's that's actually a lot more practical, too. Like, right. if you eat an uncooked goose, you're going to get sick. <laughs> Look, man. Last night, oh, damn. She, you know, she let you smash it. Not only that. Hey, it was man. Un- it was the uncooked hey, goose. Hey, <laughs> hey, hey. You know we had that uncooked you ghost. You know we had the you, uncooked. You already know. 
Hey, they're like, damn. <laughs> you dog. Hey, ho, ho, yeah. ho, ho, ho. <laughs> not, not even medium rare? Nah, man. Totally uncooked. Hey, bro. <laughs> Raw. Raw. When Bidra Shite became pregnant, damn. That's what happens when you eat the uncooked goose. Hey, when you have uncooked goose, man. Unfortunately. Hey. She told the high priest who the father was. The high priest informed her that the gravity of the offense against Isis was so terrible that death would be the most likely penalty at trial. Unwilling to face the public scandal for Sidi, she committed suicide rather than face trial. Damn. But, fast forward. Uh, uh, 3,200 years or so. <laughs> Something like that. When did she live? Like as Dorothy Eady? Uh, the She was born in 1904. <clears throat> So she's just hitting her stride in, um, she moved to Egypt in the 1930s. So she was hitting her stride in the 1930s. So um, she, uh, her husband that she moved to Egypt to marry, took a teaching job in Iraq, and so uh, her and her son stayed in Egypt, and they got separated um, with the uh, guy who went to Iraq. Um, Let's see. Two years after the marriage broke down, she went to live in Nizlat al-Saman near the Giza pyramids, where she met the Egyptian archaeologist Salim Hassan of the Department of Antiquities, who employed her as secretary and drought woman. And now we get into the next stage of Dorothy's life, which I think is pretty fascinating. This stage of her life is when it's very obvious that her so you know she even though she was a poorly educated English woman, she was a first-rate drought woman apparently, draftswoman. I don't know. Like she was a, yes yeah yeah she was a prolific and talented writer she was amazing at hieroglyphics apparently but a lot of these like male archaeologists both Egyptian and British and American basically just exploited her. her yeah this, they, they, yeah they basically just used her to like make their own sort of magnum opuses or whatever about ancient Egyptian society um, but the they used her yeah 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 work. off the back of her work <clears throat> um and so, but you know, during this time, she was incredibly respectful towards the local, you know, um, Islamic religion customs, uh, and towards Coptic Christian customs. But they all regarded her as a heathen because she literally thinks believed she was a 13th century Egyptian, <laughs> 13th century BC <laughs> Egyptian, right? And she observed those religious customs, like she observed that religion. And uh, she had strong feelings about various Egyptian figures from that time, like Ramses the Great. And you know, I'm having know. a hard time making sense of this. Oh, it's pretty. It's I it's know. complicated. It is complicated. I don't say that about a lot of things. It's pretty complicated. <laughs> I know. That's why serious Rachel Dolezal vibes, but at the same time, <laughs> like clearly brilliant and getting ripped off by shitty dudes. Yes, the thing that Rachel Dolezal should have done. She shouldn't have done transracial things. She should have said that she was reincarnated, man. She should have been like, "I'm a reincarnated African princess" or something. That would have that would have. It, it's much harder to argue with that. I don't know. I think it's pretty easy to argue with that. Yeah, yes, you're right. <laughs> well, which, I mean, just, the option is: Do you want to be considered a kook, or which I guess in in the case of Dorothy Edie, I guess she was so brilliant that like. They kind of glossed over the kookiness. Yeah, no, there was a few instances. Um, l- let's see. One of these trips to uh, the temple in the Temple of City. 
the chief inspector from the antiquities department, who knew about her claims, had decided to test her by asking her to stand at, at a particular wall of paintings in complete darkness. She was instructed to identify them based on her prior knowledge as a temple priestess, you know, as a reincarnated soul. She completed the task successfully, even though the painting locations had not yet been published at the time. So she was like the real deal, man. She really knew the ins and outs of these temples. Let me ask you a question. Let me ask you a question. All right, ask me the question. You're an atheist. How do you explain that shit? <laughs> give me, give me the Errol Morris Umbrella Man explanation for that shit. There is, of course, for this a very sane, normal, rational explanation that is in some how even more kooky than the reality. Um, my explanation of this. Um, is that I think that she oh okay so obviously she believed this obviously she believed she was reincarnated she was this ancient soul and it might have had something to do with her falling down the stairs at three years old which might have dislodged some sort of they they even discussed it at some part that I can't even remember what it's called now the locust cellabarum or something Callan, you remember. We were watching those like demonic possession videos. Yeah, <laughs> like maybe it's like one of those things. I think it probably is in the sense that I think, again, I don't think she was a kook. I don't think she was a grifter. Like she clearly was not in in any of this for like publicity or fame or the money. She was a snake charmer. Dad. She was. <laughs> <laughs> not only that, she had a best friend that was a literal cobra. <laughs> Never bitter or anything, so you know who's the, who's the asshole now. <laughs> I think that her belief in being reincarnated and being this ancient soul or whatever fed perfectly into her natural born brilliance, ability to read other languages and and interpret other sort of languages and schematics and other things like that. Let me ask you a question. <laughs> This is just so fascinating to me. If you could, if some 8th century Greek spirit visited you in the middle of the night and said, Terrence, you're me, all this stuff. <laughs> and I'm not saying this derisive. I'm just yeah, just, yeah, just saying a lighthearted hypothetical. Right, right, right. And said to you, I'll give you can be like this polymath and you'll be like brilliant at all this stuff and you know the world will revere your intellect and blah 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 whatever. The only thing is is you have to be honest and candid about the fact that you are <laughs> me. And he's like one of those like little half goat men that plays a a, a loot, liar. A, loot, a liar, a yeah. <laughs> You've got to tell everybody that you're me. <laughs> I would do it. Sure. Would you take that bargain? I'd take that bargain. <laughs> take and then, that. like, he just, he vanishes, and then the next thing you know, you're just going around telling everybody that you're Ephraim from wherever in Greece. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, let me... Eighth century. <laughs> what do you call those half-goat men? Uh, fuck, it's on the tip of my tongue. Uh, half-goat? Not a... Half-human? Uh, not a minotaur. That's like a half-horse guy, right? Half-goat. Let me look it up. half Goat. Yeah. Half human. A fawn. Huh? A fawn. F A U N. Oh, okay. Uh, 
fine. Um, uh, yeah, well, let me just read you something that somebody said about her. <clears throat> this is James P. Allen. Who the fuck knows who that is? Some American Egyptologist, probably. Sometimes you weren't sure whether Om Seti was pulling your wasn't pulling your leg. Not that she was phony in what she believed said or believed. She was absolutely not a con artist. But she knew that some people looked on her as a crackpot. So she kind of fed into that notion and let you go either way with it. She believed enough to make it spooky and made you doubt your own sense of reality sometimes. <laughs> I think that's pretty fascinating. Yeah. I like I said, I think she was uh, a very fascinating person. Yeah. Um and, and like I said earlier, there was a few instances in which she located, like, tombs and records and stuff that nobody was able to find. It was a complete mystery to people. Yeah. Um, anyways, so did I close? I can't believe I just fucking closed that goddamn. I just closed the article. Just give me a second. Give me a second, Tom. Uh, give me some content. Well, it's not... Well, back to what you were saying earlier, the rational explanation for this. Yeah. I think that I think that her fervent belief in this was really beneficial to, like I said, her natural born talents and abilities. And maybe there's just this realm of intelligence that like is outside of analytical intelligence. Maybe it's like sort of instinctual in a way. So like maybe she was able to tap into that. I don't actually believe that she the was... the fall made her tap into that somehow? Yeah, like maybe she just had something in her brain that she, like made her genuinely believe this without any kind of... Um, well, like I was saying, she was totally self-aware. Like she was aware that people thought, thought she was she a crackpot. Was, yeah. And I think that that's interesting too. I think though that she genuinely believed it. Obviously she did. So it, you don't think... You think she wasn't problematic by virtue of that fact? Well, this is another thing because I'm positive there have to be people out there who think that she was sort of problematic. Because when you look at really what she did, I mean, it it feeds into the same sort of general historical pattern of white British Westerners, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Coming in and interpreting the past history did in india yeah in egypt yes yeah, yeah 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 which is problematic it's this weird <laughs> worse than problematic <laughs> <laughs> right well it's colonialism right yeah it's this weird morass you know it's just a what's what's you know it's a uh a bog or something it's just like there's so many different questions in it inherent in it that like are like what's but like i said my gen- my overall take on her is that she seems like a good person. Another thing that she's well known for, um, this is for the folklorist in the cr- in the crowd, is I she? Am I. <laughs> yeah, she contributed greatly apparently to understanding <clears throat> folkways, <coughs> to understandings of modern Egyptian folkways, like basically how ancient Egyptian cultural practices have remained in modern Egyptian cultural practices to this day because she was like an ethnographer in a lot of ways. She lived in the communities she was, you know, working in and, um, and you know, like she was the first swoop in (laughs) in some ways. So when people come to Appalachia and they want to play the banjo and, you know, kind of hang out in flannel and overhauls and, 
that was her. You know, she was a say the word y'all gratuitously. She was a y'all star, but for Egypt. We should just consider. <laughs> we should just consider uh, the fact they may have fallen as a child. Well, yeah, <laughs> be, <laughs> yeah, be compassionate toward them, yeah. empathetic. They may have fallen they may down have some stairs. Brain injury <laughs> that made them this way. Exactly. Um, you know, so, you know, every night she would, every morning and night, she would visit the temple to recite prayers for the day. She would, on the birthdays of Osiris and Isis, she would observe the ancient food abstentions, bring offerings of beer, wine, and bread, and tea biscuits to the chapel of Osiris, blah, blah, blah. You know, she was just, uh, she was in it. Yeah, she was in it. But I thought, and this is what played on, on my, um. Let me ask you a question. No, never mind. Go no, ahead. go ahead. No, 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 Ask no, 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 no. <laughs> what happens to offerings to gods? <laughs> like who eat, just some like guy that like you know like the mops janitor. the floors? It's just a, <laughs> say hell yeah, tea biscuits, tea biscuits Fuck and yeah. beer, baby. <laughs> I'd say yeah, probably. Okay. In the same way that like the shit you offer at somebody's gravesite, like you know that just kind of. You're just leaving it there. Like and possums and raccoons <laughs> eat it and shit. <laughs> right. Right. There was, uh, maybe it's a little insensitive. I shouldn't say that, but you know what I'm saying. But that's the way it works, though. Yeah. I mean, shit, I've taken shit to graves before, and it's like, it's not there. Yeah. <laughs> like, later. Um, let's see. Let's see. Let's see. She, uh, but this is the thing that really kind of got me. This this kind of got me a little bit. Um, You know, made me sympathize with her. Like mate, and and my sympathy with her on this point had me thinking, like, well, shit. Do I really believe she was incarnated, reincarnated? Do I really, you know, I th- this is another area that is hard for me to grapple with. So when she was dying in her final years, this was in the nineteen eighty one. Uh, when she was dying, she um she built her own tomb in her small village of Abida, is where she lived, I, I think. Um, or Abydos. She built her own tomb that she wanted to be buried in. Um, you know, and the reason why, she uh, she built her own underground tomb decorated with a false door. Through this door, the Ka was believed to travel between this world and the next. So the Ka was the uh, the soul, the ancient Egyptian concept of the soul. She believed that through the door, the door was necessary for her to be able to travel from one realm to the next. And... Um, Cross the river sticks. Yes, yeah. Wait, does, does that take you to hell? I think that probably. I'm just kidding. What might, the I think way. river sticks might be Greek Greek mythology, isn't it? I thought it was Egyptian. <laughs> I'm a we're contri- we're complicit in this uh, grand narrative of Westerners. Anyways, um, upon the door, it was engraved. The door was engraved with an offering prayer in conformance with ancient beliefs. So, you know, just to recap, um, and also, you know, are you looking up the river sticks? Yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. What is it? Uh, I don't know. Something disambiguate. Disambiguate. <laughs> <laughs> you ever disambiguate in, inside your head? I disambiguate all the time. But Some people disassociate. I disambiguate. <laughs> Actually, I do both. I'm not even. Uh, it is. You. It is Greek mythology. I'm a dumbass. I think it was what crossed over into Hades. Yeah, yeah. You're right. You're right. Um, I'm a dumb bastard. 
She said, Om said he once said, death holds no terror for me. I'll just do my best to get through the judgment. I'm going to come before Osiris, who will probably give me a few dirty looks because I know I've committed some things I shouldn't have. Because the Muslims and Christians wouldn't let a heathen, that quote, quote unquote, a heathen be buried in their graveyards, Om said he built her own underground tomb decorated with a false door. Through this door, the Ka, or the soul, was believed to travel between this world and the next, and it was engraved with an ancient prayer, or an offering prayer, in conformance with ancient beliefs. Um, on April 10th, uh, April 10th, 1981, she gave away her two cats as her condition deteriorated on April 15th. Um, blah, blah, blah. She, okay, so she died on April the 21st, 1981. And this is what 1981. Fucked, yeah, 1981. This is what fucked me up. The local health authority refused to allow her to be buried in the tomb she had constructed. So she was interred in an unmarked grave facing the west in the desert outside a Coptic cemetery. And that's what, it fucked me up because I was like, well, damn, man. Her soul's not going to be able to leave. You know, she doesn't have the door. She doesn't have the tomb. Like, her soul's going to be trapped down there now. <laughs> That's the end. It's fucked up, man. <laughs> I, I wouldn't want to be the health department director. <laughs> Who has to make that call? Yeah. <laughs> He's like, look, I'm just doing my job. <laughs> <laughs> Haunted the rest of his days by ancient <laughs> Egyptian spirits. <laughs> totally, totally. Well, well, Godspeed, Dorothy Eady. Godspeed, you know. Complicated. Yeah. It on the on the you know on the Wikipedia page, the locus cerulius was what they speculated may have been damaged in her brain. Who the fuck knows? The locus cerulius is uh it it, uh, it could have resulted in dislocation from her surroundings resulting in the embracement of an obsession. Wait a second, wait a second. You knew the river Styx was Greek. (laughs) (laughs) Are you a little goat man? (laughs) I have something I want to tell you. (laughs) (laughs) Just pull your socks off and there's hoofs. (laughs) I've got a flute. (laughs) Oh, man. Well... I thought it was an interesting story because it activates a lot of complicated emotions and feelings and intellectual debates and questions, you know? Also lets me know how goddamn stupid I've (laughs) I've devolved. (laughs) I used to be kind of a smart guy. Look, um, I don't even believe in souls. I don't even believe in the concept of a soul. (laughs) I'm I'm believing in cause. I don't... (laughs) I have no cause. Right, right. But even then, I read that and was like, fuck, man. Her soul now. Well, the thing that kind of fucks me up about it is, hey, she, through whatever reason, whether it's a damaged part of her brain or whatever, she dove headfirst into that, the role of a lifetime and played it a lifetime. (laughs) That's true. She deserves to be buried with the trap door for the cop. That's what I thought. That's what I thought. Like, she believed this. You know, honor, at least give her that in in death. Nah. That local health authority bureaucrat, though, was like, look. Tough call here. (laughs) I'd just be like, man, let me just tell you what you're flirting with here. (laughs) You don't want that smoke, (laughs) man. I'm telling you, 13th century (laughs) consecrated virgin in the court of Horus. Oh, man. Yeah. No, it's a complicated thing, man. Yeah. 
Well, that's the rabbit hole I went down last night. I thought you might enjoy it. I'm sorry I kept you 45 minutes extra longer. We're just going to have to split this off into a second episode, aren't we? Nah, I think it's fine. We'll give them a big, a big bonus. You want to give them a big bonus? Or we could just split it up and then put up two episodes today. Whatever, however you want to do it. You want to give them a big bonus? Before we go, though, I'd like to challenge all y'all out there to, in the grand tradition of uh, Christian witness and proselytization, I want to encourage you to go up there and talk to a friend or two friends about <laughs> subscribing to our Patreon. <laughs> Five dollars a month gets you all the Dorothy Eady content you never knew you wanted. That's right. Well, you know, sometimes I listen to podcasts and they're like, "Listen, if you just go out and tell two friends, we're gonna." That's how Christians used to. It's like, yeah, totally. Just go out and talk to two friends. You know, <laughs> if you ask have, them to come to church with, ask them to come to church. Exactly. It is a Sunday today. That's kind of also why I wanted to talk about Dorothy Eady. Um, yeah, no, come to. Uh, if you have friends that listen to the show and they're not on the Patreon, be like, look, there's good shit on there. And in some ways, there's better shit on there. <laughs> it yeah. really is premium. <laughs> yeah. It's hard to say, you know, with us, it's a mixed bag. <laughs> it's a mixed bag. But, hey, uh, occasionally, in the same way a blind squirrel finds a nut every once in a while. Yeah. As do we. Peer pressure your friends into signing up for our Patreon do that it'll make you much happier um, send them the url say hey try it out for 30 days you don't like it cancel yeah yeah do that but if you do then tell that friend to tell a friend yes and then tell that friend to tell a friend to and, tell a friend and keep the train going until we're unreasonably wealthy mm, i don't think that'll happen but <laughs> um but even if we did dude you can't take your you can't take your riches into heaven with you. That's true. And uh, really, in the end, it's all about... Uh, in the end, it all comes down to a local... destination of the car. In the end, it all comes down to a local public official who <laughs> may not honor your... <laughs> really? <laughs> and have your you... eternal destination is <laughs> in the hands of the local health authorities. So. <laughs> who may just move your grave to outside of a Coptic cemetery. Yeah. <laughs> Against your wishes and the Coptic's wishes. <laughs> yeah. So... Oh, all right. Well, hopefully wherever you're at, it's snowing, because uh, that's what's going on here. Uh, look, nice wintry day out there. It's, look at that shit. What do you call it? Wintry mix. We call that a wintry mix. No ice pellets. Um, solidarity to our friends in the New England area who are getting... Battling cold. ice pellets. <laughs> uh, this this is enough content to get you through a snowy day, though. I know that. Uh, so, anyways, thanks for listening, everybody, and uh, we'll see you again in a few days.